everyone. Alan Schimmel here for another DevOps chat uh, on DevOps.com. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be joined on this episode of DevOps Chat by a friend of mine, CJ Paul of IBM. CJ, are you there? Yes. Hi, Alan. How are you? Good. Good to have you uh, on DevOps Chat with me today, CJ. Of course, you and I have done several um, video interviews from various uh, conferences we've both attended, but you know we haven't had the pleasure of having you here, so welcome. CJ, not everyone, I'm going to bet not everyone in our audience knows who you are. Why don't, why don't you give a quick little background on, on who you are, what you do, where you work, and so forth? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, so my name is CJ Paul. I work at IBM. I'm a distinguished engineer um, in the cloud unit and uh, focused on uh, DevOps uh, methods and tools. Um, so some of the things that my team puts out are the Blooming's Garage method. Um, it's out on uh, as a website at uh, ibm.com slash DevOps slash method. Um, then we also work on the Bluemix DevOps services um, uh, and, um, you know, I work with a lot of clients as they um, do their transformation to the cloud and trying to adopt DevOps practices along the way. Great. So, CJ, um, you know, just kind of off the beaten path here, but we've had several guests on DevOps chats that are, you know, distinguished engineers at IBM. And for our listeners who, you know, maybe are not familiar with what that means, and it's more than just a pretty title, can you give our our listeners a little bit of uh, insight into what it is to be a distinguished engineer at IBM? Oh, definitely. The, um, uh, the focus of a distinguished engineer is to lead um, a portfolio of products in a particular domain. Um, so um, in this particular case, you know, the, I have several product teams that work on uh, different offerings in the DevOps space. And I'm responsible for crafting the technical strategy and um, providing uh, architecture and, and technical direction to multiples of these teams. Got it. Got it. So, CJ, um, as I think I mentioned to you in our off-camera off or off-microphone conversations, you know, the month of September uh, is going to see DevOps.com focusing a bit on APM. Right and DevOps, and and of course this is a, a subject that you are, you know, very familiar with. Um, why and 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 in part of what you're doing, Blue Mix and all of these things, obviously APMs are part of it. But why not? Why don't we start with this? Can you define for our audience what do we when we talk about APM and DevOps? And, and maybe it's in relation to ITSM, right? IT service management, which is something you're also very familiar with. Can you kind of pull this all together for us? Yeah, definitely. The uh, Traditionally, uh, operations teams have always worried about um, application availability and performance, um, uh, where performance includes, you know, how uh, the application might respond um, from uh, different locations around the world and how um, the response time evolves or changes for different types of transactions. Now, as we look at um, 
DevOps and um, the role of the DevOps teams um, becoming more cross-functional. Um, a lot of the focus is shifting to um, how do we get the, the synthetic monitoring, um, the, the configuration of the monitoring and all of that to be uh, handled much earlier in the development cycle. Um, in fact, in an ideal world, um, just like our source code is written to the features of the product, um, we would also create the associated um, uh, operational uh, configuration of the monitoring tool as well as the creation of the synthetic scripts along with the source code. And so in the ideal case, you would have all of that be checked into the same GitHub repo. And then as part of your continuous delivery process, um, we would want to make sure the operations tool um, is configured um, to monitor that particular build that is deployed in a particular environment. Um, so that's the shift in thinking that we see a lot of the teams um, going through is uh, how do we actually make this possible um, you know, where all of the, the setup and configuration is, is treated as an extension to the, the source code of the product and, and work through the life cycle because it gives various advantages. You know, the, uh, let's say a new build comes out and you're going to go deploy that new build in a particular environment or perhaps uh, even introduce it to a small set subset of your users in production. When you introduce that new uh, build with a new feature, you want to monitor um, that new build or that new feature. Um, and um, take all of that data and make decisions on whether you now ramp up to your full population. So what we see happening is in the new world of DevOps, especially on the cloud, um, you know, monitoring has to go very, uh, very much hand in hand with the, the feature set that the development team is building. And so um, uh, it's no longer just an after the fact operations thing to worry about. It is something you have to worry about as an integral part of the DevOps lifecycle. So um, that's why I think this is a really exciting time, especially the cloud enables um, application teams to do A-B testing and evaluate you know, performance of new features, uh, response times of new features as it, as it compares to their existing um, uh, version of the application that is running. Sure. Um, so all of those new capabilities, you know, that um, are a focus area in the application performance management space. Sure. Exciting times indeed. Um, CJ, I would be remiss if I didn't mention on, the, on this very topic that we actually have a webinar scheduled. I believe it's Tuesday, September 20th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Um, with a, a colleague of yours at IBM, Arun Belagiri? Yes, Arun Belagiri. Yes, and Arun is going to be uh, doing this on Learn Why We Must Shift APM Left in the DevOps Lifecycle. Um, and he's going to be uh, also joined by Dan Kern, Solution Architect over at Prolifics. So that, you know, if, if you're listening to this and this is a, a topic of interest to you. 
not you, CJ. I know you're interested, but our audience, I, I'd highly recommend you. You can probably register for this off of our DevOps.com. Go to the webinar, webinar and events page, and you can uh, register there. But it, it should be dead on on topic for this. So, CJ, I wanted to focus back on though this idea of shifting APM left, right? So, you know, I. I when we talk about DevOps and and how we fit in things, like, excuse me, things like security and QA, now APM, it, it, that seems to be a common theme of shifting these things left. Get them earlier into the development process, right? Because the earlier it's in, the hopefully the better it comes out in the end, right? I guess my question to you, CJ, is. Can we just continue shifting everything left, right? Because, I mean, so what should, you know, you know what I mean? Is is there a point of diminishing returns of, of yeah, shifting think, left? Yeah, um, I think in this particular case especially, you know, it's uh, it's something that is a good thing to, to think about right from up front um, because, you uh, 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 especially as the the velocity of uh, deployments increases, um, we would expect the development teams to be more and more, um, you know, working the monitoring of the applications in conjunction with the code, um, because you just can't afford to have um, a throw it over the wall kind of uh, syndrome, uh, because. Um, that would be too slow in in this world um, to, to make it successful. Um, so that that's why I think the the, the shift left is almost uh, an inevitable side effect of the need to go faster. And also um, with some of the shift to cloud, you know the the way things are done are also different, right? So um, more and more the application architectures and topologies are becoming more complex uh, to handle um, geographically distributed deployments and so on. So more and more, we expect the development teams that are involved in, to be uh, doing some of these operations automation, as, uh, just like they would work on you know, features for the product. Um, so some of these concepts around you know, site reliability engineering and so on that have been out in the industry, um, are just examples of why you know we'll get more and more of a DevOps uh, uh, perspective on things that used to be just purely operations activities in the past. Got it, CJ. Uh, my next question with you on this is, uh, and, and by the way, we're running low on time, so this only have one or two more questions left. Is you mentioned earlier one of my favorite things happening in IBM, and that's the Blue Mix Garage method, which is an open source uh, methodology, kind of taking best practices and lessons learned from IBM themselves, as well as your partners in, into this methodology. Talk to us a little bit. Where does APM fit into there? Yeah, so with, the, with this garage method, what we've been um, doing is to take the, the learnings from across the industry on uh, agile practices and design thinking and 
you know, the latest DevOps practices and lean practices and so on, and organize it in such a way that um, enterprises can learn how to act like a startup, but do it at enterprise scale. Um, so within that method, we talk about how you think and plan and code and deliver and run and manage and learn um, around the whole culture of DevOps. Um, so in this particular case, as we um, talk about application performance management, um, we typically think of it in manage, but um, as we have been discussing here, it kind of permeates through the life cycle because you have to think about uh, uh, the availability of your applications as you design and build them. And you have to uh, write the code uh, for the synthetic monitoring scripts uh, along with your uh, features of the product. And you have to deploy them as part of deliver. And then clearly you will collect and analyze the data as part of manage and learn. Um, so I think um, this, this whole shift left of uh, APM is, fits in very nicely with the um, the garage method and, and its different life cycle phases. Got it. Um, CJ, I, I apologize, but just as I promised you, yeah, we're way over 12 minutes already. And uh, we're going to need to to wrap things up here. But before we do, I, I wanted to just ask you one final question, which is usually one that I ask most of our guests here on DevOps Chats. CJ, for our listeners out here, if you had to recommend one book that they should read, what should be the next book they read? Uh, I would highly recommend uh, folks read the, the Site Reliability Engineering book um, that has come out of Google. Um, they've, they talk about um, uh, how uh, uh, engineers with development skills can automate a lot of the what used to be production activities. Um, that's, a, that's a very good read. Um, um, within IBM, is, uh, we've been doing these kinds of activities ourselves. Um, you know, we, we make sure that the individual squads are also responsible for their uh, application availability and performance. Um, so, but uh, I, I find you know, this is a good book uh, for teams to look at if they haven't already read it. Got it. Okay. C.J. Paul, Distinguished Engineer at IBM, thank you for being this episode's guest on DevOps Chat. Look forward to seeing you in person at some conference or another soon, C.J., and until then, keep up the great work. Thank you, Alan. Okay. Thank you for having us. This is Alan Schimmel of DevOps.com for DevOps Chats. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.